Good morning. My name is Michael Smith. I'm the lead pastor here at Victory Church in Marion, Arkansas. I just want to take this opportunity to thank you for taking the time out of your schedule and logging in to view our worship service this morning. I just want to say to all the Victory folks, we love you and we're praying for you. And everyone else is a guest today. We're thrilled that you're here and have taken the time to just take a little moment to see what's, what's happening. These are crazy days. I'm sitting here in an empty auditorium with about five people. And it's just so bizarre because I'm used to preaching to a crowd. And uh, that's one reason why I'm kind of doing this a little bit differently, um, sitting down, doing a little bit more conversational style uh, rather than standing up and projecting and declaring a lot of times the way I normally do. Uh, so I just pray that this today is a blessing to you and some encouragement. I know that everyone is under the pressure and the frustration of being in the house with more folks than you've been used to. The kids aren't in school and there are a lot of extra pressures that you're dealing with. Some of you out of work. And uh, so we just want you to know that we're here to come alongside you and pray for you and stand with you in the name of Jesus. I want to bring a message of encouragement to you this morning. We've been doing a series called Courageous, and we began the first week and talked about overcoming fear, how difficult it is sometimes in the face of difficult circumstances to not let our minds run away and a spirit of fear begin to take over us because the Bible says, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, that God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power, love, and a sound mind. The next week, last week, we talked about courage in the storm. We told the story about the disciples in the boat and Jesus comes walking on the water. We talked about the importance of their focus in the middle of that storm. Uh, so many times folk in, the, in a crisis only see the danger and don't recognize the opportunity. That's really what I, what I want to use as a springboard today into this message about boldness. We move out of fear. We begin to grow in courage and then we begin to take a step into boldness. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 28, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the godly are as bold as lions. King James, ESV both say the righteous are bold as lions. So the, the one thing that I bring in, in every message is, is kind of like a repeating chorus in a song that we sing. And we come back to it, and we, we repeat it, we say it again. Because if there's anything you get out of this message, I want you to grab this one thing, this one concept that is central to the whole message that I'm bringing. And so the one thing for today's message is this. Don't waste this time. Don't waste your time in isolation, in the quarantine. It's preparing you to step boldly into your destiny. Yeah, I said that. That's a bold statement. It's a, it's a statement of faith. It's a declaration of trust in God. But just let this wash over you. Hear it one more time. Don't waste your time in isolation. It's preparing you to step boldly into your destiny. Let's pray together this morning. Mm, Holy Spirit, fill this place today. Father God, we cry out to you right now for those that are on the front line serving and taking care of people in the hospitals, the nurses, the first responders. We pray your protection to be upon them. Bring healing presence and strength to each of them. Lord, for those that are battling and fighting the virus themselves, let your very presence be their strength, 
Be their healer. Be their guide and their guard. Be with the families, O Lord, as they put their trust in you to see their loved ones come through to the other side of this. God, I just pray for our nation that in the middle of this, that we will recognize the importance of humbling ourselves and calling upon the name of the Lord and crying out to you. God, I ask you that you would move in the hearts of people that are so open right now to the message of the gospel, that you would strengthen believers to be strong in their faith and witness and share. God, we look to you, ask you to bless this next few moments as we open this word together in this service. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. I always take time to define terms because terms change from one generation to the next. Boldness, just two generations ago, was a negative word. It meant someone who was over the top, arrogant. Boldness in our generation means this. It's a willingness to take risks, to act innovatively, confidence, or courage. So it goes right along with what we were sharing last week. Proverbs 28.1, remember, says that the righteous are bold as lions. It's a biblical concept. We're not talking about a personality trait this morning, and I'll get to that in a moment. But listen to what the Passion Translation says in this same verse, Proverbs 28.1. Guilty criminals experience paranoia even though no one threatens them. Now let me back up and translate. Remember, ESV and King James both say the wicked, the wicked flee when no one pursues them. Okay. The Passion says, but the innocent lovers of God, because of righteousness, will have the boldness of a young, ferocious lion. I love that. Well, that's not my personality, Pastor, somebody might say. But I want you to recognize this morning that the kind of boldness we're talking about is spiritual boldness. Spiritual boldness isn't a personality trait, but it is a deep abiding confidence in God's nature and ability. This is not something that you're born with. This is something that comes when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember, don't waste your time in isolation. It's preparing you to step boldly into your destiny. I've got a point this morning that I think is prophetic, and I think that it's going to challenge you and give you a spiritual charge of faith. This point is this. Isolation comes before breakthrough. We've been given what we probably have considered is not great news, a 30-day extension of our quarantine, our social distancing. Basically, so much of our industry and, and jobs and businesses are shut down. People are at home. And that adds a level of frustration that obviously words can't describe in some situations. But I want to tell you, remember, that we're not, we're not, we, we are not going to waste our time in isolation because it's preparing us. It's doing a work inside of us. And if you will point your faith and your heart in the direction of the Lord, begin to put your trust in God, you will meet God in a new way. And what he teaches you will prepare you for your next step in your journey. Utilize this time. Maybe you've never gotten into the word before. Get a scripture a day and meditate on it. Or maybe read a chapter a day or download you version in your app store on your phone and Pick a particular topical biblical study that you can knock out in three days or seven days or a 30-day read-through. Or maybe do the old standard of read a proverb a day for the day of the month that it is. I've done that, gosh, dozens of times in my life. 
But I want you to get this. Listen, now this is just history. William Shakespeare wrote King Lear and Macbeth during an outbreak of the plague, and the city was in quarantine. Sir Isaac Newton laid the groundwork for calculus while under quarantine. Folk, you can do something productive with your time. Well, yeah, but I'm not a genius, but you do have a gift. Every one of you has a gift in some way that God has given you. John Bunyan wrote the great Pilgrim's Progress, a major portion of it from prison. Obviously, when we read the New Testament, one central figure, Paul the Apostle, used to be Saul from Tarsus. Literally, he wrote 14, uh, 14 books of the 27 of the New Testament, if you count Hebrews, certainly 13 that we know of. But a number of those were written while he was in jail. You know, when most folk would just sit back and get depressed and be in despair, Paul said, get me a pen, give me some paper. I'm going to write some letters to some churches. I can't be there in my presence, but I, I can still send a message. Even though we are in our homes, there's a way we can still be connected. And I want to encourage you to stay engaged. Jump on FaceTime. Call your relatives. Check on your friends. The neighbors down the street, the elderly people, certainly. See if you can serve them in some kind of way. When Paul was in prison, he wrote in Philippians, what has happened to me, and he was talking about put in jail, what has happened has happened to advance the gospel. I just want you to recognize that if we can live in that kind of an attitude, there is a rest that comes when you realize you can't do anything about what you're going through to change it, to change the situation. And so you just go on and embrace it with joy, with the right attitude. Because you know that our majestic, sovereign God who actually holds the world in his hands is working all things together for your good because you love him and you're the called according to his purpose. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12, since we have this hope in this whole new ministry of the new covenant because of Jesus, it says since we have this hope in this new way, it makes us bold. We've learned that hope is greater than fear. Today, you've learned that hope will make you bold. Job 11.8 from last week says, because we have hope, it gives us confidence. Hope, boldness, confidence, same thing. Think about this. Noah was in the ark for 40 days while it rained and then for another 120 waiting for the floods to subside while the earth got a reset. I'm, I'm seeing pictures on Facebook and Instagram all over the place where uh, dirty polluted water all of a sudden now is running clear again all over the world because everything's shut down. It's like the planet is getting a reset. Make sure that you don't waste this time in your homes. Let your family get a reset. Let your spiritual life with God get a reset. Joseph, if there ever was a famous dude in the Old Testament in, in the book of Genesis, think about this. He's in the pit of betrayal and later in the prison of false accusation. But in the middle of all that, he kept a sweet spirit. Yet God used his leadership. When he was in prison, the warden put Joseph in charge of the prisoners. Now, there's no time to get depressed. There's no time to get under all the weight of frustration. Use your gift because that's what will bring joy when you do what God's called you to do. Psalm 105 verse 19 says, Until Joseph's word came, the word of the Lord tried him. He knew he was destined to rule, but he was in the dungeon of a prison. Yet he chose to use his leadership skills and 
lead all the other prisoners in the place with a great attitude, with joy. Think of David, the shepherd boy, the black sheep of his own family, relegated to the back 40 of the family ranch, taking care of the flock. While he took care of those sheep, he took out a lion and he took out a bear. And one day when he was between 16 and 17 years old, the Israelite army faced a giant named Goliath who was one of the champions of the Philistines. David ran to the line. He faced the giant with nothing but a sling and five smooth stones. And he looked at that giant and he made his faith declaration. And he said, the same God who delivered me from the paw of the bear and the paw of the lion will deliver me from you, you uncircumcised Philistine. You know the story. David took down that giant that day. God will use the lessons that you've learned that he teaches you in your place of isolation to prepare you for the next step in your journey. I hope you're helping somebody because I sense the Holy Spirit in this place today. Another story from David. He's in the caves running from Mad King Saul. First Samuel chapter 22. God begins to bring a bunch of misfits. The scripture says the in debt, the discontent, and the distressed all come to David. Now, it doesn't sound like much of a crew, but over the next few years, God builds out of that motley crew the mighty men of David. They're in the cave of Adullam, in the crucible of obscurity and confinement. God raised up David and his mighty men. Don't waste your time in isolation, friends. It's preparing you to step boldly into your destiny. My next point is an odd story from the Old Testament. He was one of the judges. His name is Shamgar. It's found in Judges chapter 3, 31, one verse. After Ehud, Shamgar, son of Anath, rescued Israel. He once killed 600 Philistines with an ox goad. That's all it says. The commentators of Scripture say that probably what happened was he was in a field plowing and all of a sudden some Philistines overtook him and he picked up what he had. You don't walk around town with an ox goad. You have an ox goad when you're plowing a field. And so it's, a, it's, a, it's not a weapon, it's a tool of purpose. But he used that ox goad and, and he opened a can on those Philistines that day. He killed 600 of them. And so three things real quick. I want you to grasp this. Right where you are, start where you are. If it's in a field and you're under attack, start where you are. If it's at home and the kids are driving you crazy, start where you are. Number two, use what you have. If the only thing you've got is an ox goad, pick it up and in the name of Jesus, whip 600 Philistines with it. You know what? If you're organizational... God may give you a design or an idea that can begin to bless your family and literally become a business. But you know what? You won't discover that until you get your own closets in order. Utilize this time. Don't waste it. Start where you are. Use what you have. And the third one is do what you can. Do what you can. Don't, don't worry about what you don't have. Don't worry about what you don't know. Exercise what you do know and use what you do have. I love that. Benjamin Franklin says, out of adversity comes opportunity. Listen to the startups that were founded during the last recession from 08 to 2010. Uber, Airbnb, Pinterest, WhatsApp, Square, Venmo. If you're an elder saint and none of those sound familiar to you, let me remind you of a major company by the name of FedEx. Originally it was called Federal Express. 
Fred Smith started delivering packages, and then immediately after he founded his company and started and opened it up, the 1973 oil embargo hit. His story is phenomenal. It, if you've never read it, it will inspire you because of what he went through, and he's, he's a man of faith. Don't waste your time in isolation. It's preparing you to step boldly into your destiny. My next point. I want to talk to you just for a second about boldness in the early church. Acts chapter 4, verse 13 in the New Living Translation says this. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Let me give you the backstory. Acts chapter 3, a, an invalid, a paralyzed man from birth is sitting at the gate beautiful. Peter, James, and John come up to him and said, Silver and gold, we don't have any, but what we have we give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. The man gets up and leaps. He's healed. He's leaping and dancing and praising God. Immediately there's a ruckus and the, the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees in the temple get a hold of those, the Romans, and they basically say, get these guys, arrest them, they throw them in jail, and they're brought before the council. And this is what the council says. They recognized that they were ordinary men with no special training. There was some boldness about these guys. It says they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Now, Every one of these examples that I've shared with you are ordinary people who have been empowered by the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. Nothing in your life has any greater effect on your future than the time you consistently commit to spend with Jesus in prayer, in the Word, in worship, in fellowship with some brothers and sisters. I know we can't do it in groups now, but you can do that on FaceTime. You can do it online. Take advantage of this time. Don't waste your time in isolation. It's preparing you to step boldly into your destiny. This is my last point. I hope you've got something from this today. I've encouraged myself with it. I know that. The last point is boldness because of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 4 verses 14 through 16 say this. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven... Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. Hold on to it and don't let go. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. There, I'm sorry, let me get me back at verse 16. So let us come boldly, boldly. There's the word right there, boldly. God wants to baptize us in boldness. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. You know what? As a believer, you don't have to sneak into the throne room. You can find a place of confidence because of who Jesus is, what Jesus did. His work is a finished work. Religion gives you advice on what you should do but the gospel is good news. News is something that has already happened. And so because of who Jesus is and what he did, we can come boldly before the throne of grace and says there we will receive his mercy. 
I'm so thankful for God's mercy. His mercy is everlasting. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. I'm thankful this morning that I, that I, 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 I just, it blows my mind sometimes that God even saved me. It was Charles Spurgeon with the famous quote that I just saw today. It said, when I think about it, I, I literally just bow before the cross because I'm utterly amazed that God even saved me. Thankful for his mercy that I didn't get what I deserved. All of us deserve justice. Justice is getting what we deserve. But Jesus turned that. He took our sin and the penalty for it upon himself. And because of that, he gave us mercy. But folks, it doesn't just stop there. Mercy is getting what you, is not getting what you deserve. Let me get it right. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. But listen, and we will find grace. Hear that. Grace to help us when we need it most. Grace is a step further. Mercy is not getting what I deserve. The penalty for my sin. Grace is God's favor poured out on me. It, it superabounds his, his love and His presence and His goodness. That's getting what I don't deserve. It's all because of Jesus. Every one of these examples that I gave you from the Old Testament centrally point to one character, the central character of the whole Bible. It's a great narrative about one person, and his name is Jesus. We can look at them, and we can be inspired and get some courage we can be uplifted to think about how if I would plant that seed, if I would sow that Bible principle, then I can trust God to reap the same Bible result that he did for Joseph or for David or for Daniel or for Esther or for Ruth. Any of the amazing Bible stories that you've heard and that you know. But honestly, every one of those are about Jesus. None of us are good enough. I can't earn or deserve God's favor in my life. If I had to pay for my sins, I would be in a mess. And I'm thankful, thankful for God's goodness. And so this morning, I just want to say to you, if you've never crossed that line of faith, if you've never experienced the touch of his mercy and the, the aroma of his grace in your life, he's as near to you as your breath. The scripture says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus took my sin. It was Isaiah 53, I believe verse 6 says it this way. All we like sheep have gone astray. Every one of us has turned to our own way. But the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. Jesus became my sin bearer and yours. Because of that this morning, we can walk in liberty, in mercy, and in grace. And so today, if that's you and you're ready to cross that line of faith, I just ask you to bow your heart with me. Normally I ask people just to slip their hand up, but wherever you are, wherever you're listening, whether it's Sunday, April the 5th, or whether it's in the future sometime, just want you to know there's no distance in prayer. There's no time limitation to prayer. So as we begin to pray, if you would just take these phrases I'm about to lift up and State them in your heart. Go ahead and speak them out of your mouth. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe this story, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says we'll be saved. And salvation is not just a home in heaven, but it's God delivering us from the stuff that we're in. It's God giving us a, a life more abundantly. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. If that's you, pray with me right now. Heavenly Father, 
thank you for this word. I receive it today. I turn from my past. And I put my trust in Jesus. And I say these words right now. Jesus, save me. I ask you to be Lord of my life. Change me. Do a transformation in me. I ask you, O God, that there would be new life in me, that I would know and recognize the work of the Spirit in my life. I just ask you, Lord, to fill me with your Holy Spirit. That's beautiful if you prayed that. I'm going to lift up some others just as I bring this prayer to a close. I believe there's some others that are there who know the Lord, but this message has touched you in a way today, and I want to pray prophetically for a release of strength and creativity on your life and on your giftings to utilize this period of isolation as God prepares you for your future. Heavenly Father, we just are blown away to see what you're doing in families and homes and just a a reset for the earth. God, we we ask you as believers that you would give us a reset in our homes and our families and our marriages Lord, we need a miracle in our finances, people without jobs. We look to you and we ask you, Lord, you who took five loaves and two fish and fed 20,000, Lord, you multiply our finances. Lord, we ask you in the name of Jesus to bring this crisis to a swift end. Don't let us become fearful because of only looking at the danger. Let us rise in faith and see the opportunity. Let creativity begin to emerge from these that are in homes. Lord, I thank you that Proverbs says that I, wisdom, create witty inventions. You begin to give new ideas. Lord, in this time of quarantine, this time of isolation, in this what some would call confinement or prison, Lord, let a, let a, let a light bulb of an idea just come to a brother, to a sister, a new business begin. Lord, we ask you for this. We look to you and we pray for your blessing to be upon us and upon this nation. We say, God bless the United States of America. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray these things. Everybody said, amen.